You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is Archery Unfiltered, the show that cuts out all the nonsense and gets right to the core of what it takes to make you a better archer. Good evening, fuckos. How is everybody doing? I know you guys are probably saying, dude, why do you sound like that? (laughs) I haven't been up all day crying i promise i am legit sick again (laughs) (coughs) so forgive me i'll try not to cough directly into the microphone but um yeah my sweet adorable beautiful baby is trying to murder me with every biological weapon she can pick up and I don't know what this one is. It's not COVID because, you know, my work is so paranoid. They test me every time you sneeze. And so I tested negative for COVID. But I've had it for about a week and it's not very fun. <laughs> but you know what? I'm catching up on some good sleep. Anyway, uh, now that you guys care, I just want to, you know, just so you guys <clears throat> wonder why I sound like I'm talking inside a tin can. Uh Man, today's gonna, I think I'm going to make today my uh, State of the Union address. <laughs> I think I, this will be the last time I talk about upsetting people. I'll make it real quick and real short. It was pretty cool. I got to be um, on a podcast. I got to be a guest on Blue Line Archery, which is my buddy Carlos Negron's show. Um, it's funny because Carlos interviews like Chris Perkins, Kyle Douglas, and then me. <laughs> You know, <laughs> Bodie Turner, uh, you know, uh, Michael Braden, this guy. <laughs> so it's not like I'm entirely out of place, but I am entirely out of place on that show. Um, I think he wanted to get me on because I upset a bunch of gas pro staffers. And this way he could, he could either make me look better or fork me up to the wolves <laughs> one or the other. But this guy Carlos is really cool because um, he he reminds me a lot of myself in terms of a guy who's just trying to advance in the sport, you know, and and get somewhere as a shooter. And um, I think he's like the same age as me. We're on different sides of the country, so we shoot different disciplines. Like, you know, around this time of year, most of us start shooting safari or field. On that side, they're shooting 3D, like ASAs, or field. <laughs> for us, we just have to shoot, you know, we just set up one setup for field. But over there, they got to do, you know, a 3D bow or a field bow or whatever. But me and Carlos are same in that respect, that we're competitors. But we're very different in the respect that I am very much about getting a single, you know, 
or not a, I shouldn't say a single setup, but getting a, a bow setup and then just drilling, you know, grinding out what you need to, to be incredibly effective with that. Carlos is more of a gear junkie where he's like, uh, you know, let's try a different release. Which one is going to work for me here? What about this lens? And, you know, so we're two different sides of the same, same coin. And, um, he said something to me the other day, cause I'm always giving him shit about like buying stuff or, you know, you guys know my, my stance on, uh, bowstrings are, you know, like premium bowstrings are now, <laughs> you know, um, but, um, he said something to me the other day that really opened my, you know, kind of op- turned my brain on. He was like, Hey man, you know, I just want to, some people just want to spend some money, you know? And I was like, well, it like just unlocked my brain for a minute. I was like, Holy shit. Like, have I really just been yelling into a bucket? Cause this whole thing that I was, I've been talking about, you know, alternatives to, you know, the, the large commercial premium strings, um, in doing so, and then, you know, addressing the, you know, what I call the, the hype that you're paying for in other strings, I totally came to the realization that there's like, there's two types of people who I probably made feel pretty bad about talking like that, you know, talking about, you know, saying that you're, you're paying for, for hype, you know? And I think the, the two types of people are, you know, the, the people that have season tickets to Disneyland and they, you know, when you go to, if you happen to drive by Disneyland and you see someone in there who is like, got, you know, with all their friends or family or whatever, and all of them are wearing like Mickey Mouse gloves and then like the ears and the whole nine that, you know, I'm not from that, that, that crew, you know what I mean? Like it, the only time I've ever been to Disneyland was for like a high school trip or whatever. I couldn't spend money on anything. <laughs> so it's like, I've never been one of those guys. It's like, you know, when you go to Disneyland, let's buy it. Let's get the, you know, let's get the ears. Let's get the Hawaiian shirt or whatever Mickey Mouse wears. I don't know. And then the other type of person that I feel like I probably alienated are the type of guys that did the Macarena in, uh, in high school. You know, that dance where like everyone did so they could feel included or cool or whatever. So that's probably the other group. And if you're one of those two and I offended you, <coughs> uh, all right, well, that's just how it's going to be. <laughs> but um, that's going to be the, you know, I'm not going to debate brands of strings with you guys. Um, you know, maybe I upset some people. Oh, well, <laughs> what's she going to do, you know? <laughs> but uh, apparently there was like a, there's like a, a gas pro staff uh, forum or, or group or something. And apparently I made it, you know, my little conversation made it all the way out there. or My comments made it out there and <clears throat> a couple people were upset. So awesome. Right on. Uh, but I got to say, debating strings it really feels stupid to me. It's starting to feel like the like a Ford versus Chevy debate. <clears throat> I mean, we all know that Toyotas are superior, but yeah, you should try to buy domestic where you can. Uh, so yeah, uh, that's going to be my you know, you know, my little what have you on that. 
Um, I gotta say, this attitude of mine of like being super anti-hype probably comes with its own handicapping. So I would urge everyone out there to form your own opinions about stuff. Uh, like for example, you guys might have heard, victory arrows are goddamn everywhere now. Like, there's the the arrow to shoot all of a sudden, and I remember the like when I think of victory arrows, what I think of is the budget one six six arrow, right? And like that's a decent arrow. I won the California State, the first ever California State three D, like Mark three D championship for the CBH or whatever, you know, California bow hunter or I don't know, whatever it's called. I won it, all right, with VAPS. Um, those are victory armor-piercing skinny arrows, right? I should tell you guys that those VAPS had labels on them that said they were spine-aligned, and I aligned them myself differently. <laughs> um, but with, the, you know, so what? I still won with them. Those are badass arrows. But now there's like, you know, if you guys see they got a f- you know fresh new label, they kind of got a new look, they got a proprietary, uh, you know, there's that special word again, their own special blend on their weave. <coughs> their arrows are going to be superior to all other arrows, right? Cool. You know, if, if you get them and they shoot better for you, cool. That's cool. Um, I just want you to know on the surface, like if you're going to compare those to a Pro Tour, like an Eastern Pro Tour, and you're going to put both of those on the table in front of me, I'm going to grab the Pro Tour first. Okay? I, I believe the Pro Tour would be a better arrow. Um, just, you know, off the shelf. Now, you know, that's because I have my own biases and stuff. But apparently these victory arrows are, are supposed to be the bomb now. My super anti-hype uh, biases will not let me accept that. Uh, so until I, you know, I get to shoot a couple myself and see how cool that shit is firsthand, it just goes into the hype folder for me. <laughs> so, you know, uh, don't take offense to it. You know, I got some victory arrows in the house somewhere. They ain't bad. All right. But man, I'm hearing like these are the best things since sliced bread. These will blow gold tips out of the water. These blow Eastons out of the water. It's like, all right, man, all right. You know what's crazy? It's like you hear that about every arrow. Like the revelations, you hear that. You know, the Black Eagle revelations. It's like every, every arrow. It's just like, this is the X10 killer. Cool. People are still going to shoot X10s. Um, but yeah, you know, I. I'm just telling you guys, like, when I'm saying this stuff, I'm not putting the, the victory arrow down, all right? I'm sure it's a legit arrow. But check this out. Any premium arrow is going to be a legit arrow, all right? If it's not, maybe you got a bad, you know, a, maybe you got a lemon, right? That's always a possibility because everyone that, you know, where it doesn't work for them, they want to say, I got the lemon. Could also be you set it up wrong, you know? Or you got the wrong spine, or whatever. <laughs> but, I think for the most part, 
and this goes with strings as well, you know, most of them are going to be pretty decent. You might get some that aren't. All right. All right. It just happens. Uh, like I said, I'm just going to try to be honest and tell you guys what I see going forth. You know, um, my big thing is honesty. I'll tell you guys what is fucking dope. Right. Elastic waist pants. All right. If you get the elastic waistband on your pants, dope. I'm trying to find some of those, by the way. And then the other thing. So I'm sitting down with um, Patient Zero, right? My little kid. And I'm showing her Kung Fu Panda. Now, I don't know if you guys have ever seen Kung Fu Panda. I have not. Uh, I haven't seen any of the Harry Potter movies. No Kung Fu Panda. Pretty much nothing that is pop culture relevant (laughs) have I seen. Right? But I'm showing my, my, my baby, Lainey. Um, because you know, the, the main hero is kind of a fat guy and I think she should understand that, you know, fat guys <laughs> were pretty awesome sometimes. And so I'm showing her this and he's a panda and his dad is a goose or something. And his dad, his goose dad is like a noodle, uh, noodle chef. And he has this noodle recipe called, um, like the secret, secret ingredient soup. All right. And uh, he tells at the very end, he tells the panda, he's like, do you know what the secret ingredient and in secret ingredient soup is? And he goes, what? And he goes, it's nothing. If you believe it's special, then it's special. And I was like, holy shit. Kung Fu Panda just <laughs> told me, you know, why, you know, me trying to convince everyone that, you know, X, Y and Z item is hype or whatever. And that they don't have to spend extra money on things. If they don't want to, it's kind of pointless. You know, I don't have to tell everyone why you have to do something or not do it. Um, but yeah, how about that? Kung Fu Panda, right? Telling a 37-year-old <laughs> about the mistakes he's making. I was like, whoa, I've been doing anything all, all wrong this whole time. Um, so yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't know, man. Like hearing that there's like a a, a gas pro staff group, and a bunch of guys were probably like, "Oh man, fuck Wendell." <laughs> it's like, dude, you really got to be a part of a group. Like, you know, like, am I a part of a group? I don't know. I guess everyone that listens to this, we're all kind of a group, also. <laughs> if you if you are still listening, <coughs> but hey. I'll meet you guys halfway, okay? Gas bowstrings made in 452X. Mwah. Choice. All right? Bam. All right. Enough about that. The State of the Union. My State of the Union is over. You all loved it. You all clapped. You guys are going to reelect me again. Or I'm going to get booted by, uh, I don't know, Rudy Sandoval. Um, Outdoor stuff. I got a lot of... so. I kind of feel like I, I told you guys like a slapstick thing to do. Like get your bow together, you know, get your third axis in, blah, blah, blah. Get your paper tune first. All right. And I know I kind of been, put, I told people bear shaft. I, I have, I believe I have to correct that and say paper tune first. Shoot it through paper. If it's good through paper, then you can graduate 
to bare shaft tuning. All right. Doing it in the reverse order can give you weird and sometimes not correct results because you can bare shaft, you can shoot a bullet hole through paper and then your bow, it shoots, I'm going to say like 80%, 90% perfect. Okay. And a bear shaft will mainly tell you if you're torquing the bow. It'll tell you if your bow's out of tune. If you're getting a left or right tear through through paper, it will show up in the bear shaft. But if you torque your bow, and maybe you torque the bow the same way every single time, it will show up downrange in a, in a weird, you know, as a bear shaft being kicked over. So start with a paper tune because otherwise you might be over there chasing a bear shaft that is solely there because of some wacky hand torque, bow hand torque. Um, a good example is like my buddy Tim asked me, he goes, hey, dude, can you shoot three arrows with your indoor bow, three different types of arrows through paper and and tell me what kind of paper tear you get? And I told him like in my head, in theory, I'm going to get three of the exact same tear. I'm going to get a bullet hole and then I'm going to get a knock high and then I'm going to get a super knock high right? If I go 27, 23, 166. Um, and I did, I went and shot it through paper. It wasn't, it, it wasn't perfect, but I realized that my 27 diameter paper tear also wasn't perfect because I shot, I tuned that bow for a bullet hole like six months ago, seven months ago. My form is slowly changing a little bit and now it's becoming a slight right tear. And that is equating, you know, I didn't even look at that. I just looked at my bear shaft being downrange as being like either slight left or close to on top of the, um, close to on top of the arrow. So, you know, if I have a slight right tear here and then I'm slightly torquing the bow to the right, it's going to look like my bear shaft's hitting dead center, you know? And maybe that's a good thing, but I would rather have a bullet hole through paper and a very slight bear shaft right. And, I, you know... That's just me. That's what I would want. Because I want the arrow coming through unfuckered with. I want it to come through nice and smooth and straight, right out of the bow. Um, and then, you know, once I got that taken care of, then I'll work on the bear shaft. The bear shaft, you know? And people are going to say, well, Wendell, how do you get the bear shaft in? Okay, well, if you know it's shooting a bullet hole through paper and your bear shaft is hitting off, then you know it's hitting off due to torque right? It's not hitting off because it's a, a left tear or a right tear. You can adjust that torque by your grip. So, you, you know, if you're going to consciously change your grip or physically change the grip itself, you can wrap it with, I like lizard skin, you know? Um, you can adjust your back bar angle. Back bar angle out, up, down, whatever. All of that is going to change the way the bow sits, especially if you shoot like, I don't want to say proper form, but if you're shooting, uh, you know, like, like most, most experienced compound shooters are, you're really only making contact with the bow on your bow hand with like the crotch of your thumb, maybe part of your thumb and then part of your index finger. Right. Would you agree? If you're putting any more than that on it, you're, you're probably gripping it like a hammer. But um, you're really only, you're kind of gripping the bow with like a lobster claw. <laughs> so 
adjusting that back bar will change the way that bow puts pressure on your lobster claw if that makes sense i hope i hope so <coughs> i beg your pardon so yeah it's a good idea to check your paper tear periodically also you know i said i i shot through paper a couple months ago it was good now it's a little bit just slightly different it's always something good to check um let's see you guys are getting outdoors now most of you've got more outdoor time than myself Um, but those that haven't, or maybe you're still, you know, feeling out the range. If you're going to go get sight marks, do it by yourself. <laughs> I went without my, with two very close friends of mine and we went and shot and, uh, I'm trying to get sight marks and these two jokers are shooting like lime knocks and I, granted my knocks are like muted yellow. I can't remember what they call it. It's like faded yellow or something but these fools are shooting lime knocks it's like i get one arrow down range and then they both shoot and i can't tell whose arrow is what unless your homies all have like this aforementioned agreement like okay phil is red johnny is green i'm pink you know unless you guys all have that all worked out most people shoot lime knocks now it's like such a I think my buddy Alan's the only guy that doesn't. <laughs> I think he shoots like blue or pink or he'll always do something wacky. But um yeah. If you if you know, it's probably best to get your sight marks on your own. And um because of the way things worked out last last week, my last outing practice, I was like chasing marks a little bit. Yeah, I ended up getting them together, but you know, I would have probably had it faster if I had gotten them on my own. So that's some good advice. Get out to the range by yourself or before you're... But if you're going to shoot with your friends, that's fine. Just get there first and get your marks dialed in, you know? Um, let's see. What else we got? String stop removal. Why would you do that? <laughs> Why is nobody running it? Um, I honestly don't know. So I know for... Like back in the day, in the days of like the prevail, uh, I'm sorry, not the prevail, the podium and the prevail, actually, those bows didn't run string stops uh, and they didn't have a problem. I think people were taking string stops off of their bows at one point to make them a little bit faster. Uh, it could also be like the bow is a little harsher, so maybe you can get a little more feedback for when you're cracking good shots or not. Uh, I, I think it's less of that one <laughs> and probably more of, uh, you know, a couple feet per second speed. Uh, I took the string stop off of my Halon X comp and that bow went from feeling really bad to shoot to even worse. <laughs> the X comp was cool. I shot it all day and I shot it really decently but the thing just is like every shot is like, it's it's just like uh, it's like plucking a guitar string super hard. So I took the string stop off just to. I was like, you know what, this thing's already like nasty to shoot. I'm just gonna get this shit out of the way so it's I don't have to worry about it rubbing on my cables or anything. It wasn't, but it's just awfully close. <coughs> and then today I was like, you know what? 
maybe I'll just go back to my TRX. I have a beautiful TRX that West Coast gave me. And, you know, I just spent like six months playing with it for indoor and had a great time. Why not keep it rolling? So I think I'm going to set the TRX up for outdoor and just try to keep the peep site where it is. But I don't know. That's that's my plan right now. Uh, full transparency to everyone that I push the hamski on. I plan to shoot a blade on this. And there's good reason. If I'm going back to this bow, right? I wanted to leave this bow set up for indoor. So that I could practice indoor in the middle of the week. And keep on this like great like pace that I'm on for practicing. My plan is to get like a swap rest or a AAEQD rest and have it set up so that, you know, I can tune bullet holes for both of them, if that makes sense. Um, I, I don't like uh, the only weakness to the Hamski is that you got to readjust it for different arrows. It's not like a huge pain in the ass, but I would like to have it just set up and and just set, you know? So I think I'm going to put a swap on this thing or on my TRX and try to take that for a spin outdoors and I'll see how that bow does compared to the Halon. The Halon shot really good. Um, it's it's just cool. It's, it's a... The geometry of the bow is not... <laughs> it's, a, it's a Hoyt geometry-ish bow. <laughs> yeah, what was I thinking? Uh, I guess I wasn't. But uh, anyway, it was fun. It's a fun uh, project to get up and running. Um, let's see. Tying in your peep sight. So you guys remember I said put a seatbelt around your peep. Get, you know... Get your marks. Go to 50 or 70. I believe Jesse said 70. I set it there. Tie it in. Um, make sure your seatbelt is on tight. Okay. And not so tight that you're breaking fibers, but make it tight enough so that your peep doesn't walk on you. Because uh, just shooting in my backyard, I was like, man, why are my marks going all over the place? And my peep site's moving. It's like, and then I was like, oh, shit. Dude, it's like I, I put my seatbelt on so loose that I could just blow on the peep and it would glide up and down like it. God, I'm such an idiot sometimes. <laughs> so, <coughs> so yes, that's what you're going to want to do. Um, tie that thing in. If you are, if you, you know, your hand torque is minimal, uh, I would still advise you to check your third axis. Even with, so right now I'm getting like a slight left bear shaft um, where it's just like maybe a centimeter left at 20. Um, it did really, like my bow shot with third axis neutral, bow shot great up and down hills. I did not see any need to, to get crazy with it. I'm going to take it, uh, you know, I'm going to take these bows on some more serious um, up and downhill shooting in the weeks to come. And then I'll, I'll really put the third axis to the test. I went to do the Hamski, uh, I'm sorry, Hamski. I went to do the Hamski third axis level uh, on my own. 
and I realize my bubble's missing. <laughs> so there's another way to do it, guys. It's literally to just shoot it in. Um, the one time I got to meet Mike Schlosser in person, and he came to shoot at our home range before Reading, that's what he did. He was like, I'm just going to shoot it in. And uh, that's where you like literally shoot and then fiddle with it and then shoot flat and then shoot angle again and then see make sure they're on. Pretty cool. All right. All right. On to listener questions. So the first one uh, was uh, from a cool dude, local guy around here um, who was saying he was having issues with the bow dipping out the bottom. Um. He's saying he couldn't hold in the spot, especially later on, like in the later parts of the day, he was having trouble uh, keeping his hold in. And he just said, he says he's getting real loose. And he said he listened to my podcast and realized what he had to do so that, you know, he went home and then cut 50% of the weight off of his bow and then went back out to shooting. <laughs> I think he cut even more than 50% judging, but <laughs> it looked like he cut like... <laughs> judging by these numbers he went from 18 to about four and then 22 to about five and f yeah it's about 50 percent maybe a little bit 60 percent guys just because i say to run a, a bow light i'm not saying run out there and rip all the weight off of your bow all right there's guys that run heavy you know you can run the bow heavy too and still get good results it's something you got to play with and it's something you got to work out like you have to shoot it and work it out it's the stabilizer thing is such a is the word nuanced it, it's such a thing that is so specific to you and your style that literally taking a number or a percentage from somebody or a ratio god forbid and then applying it to yourself you will for sure just screw yourself up okay so what i tell people is to start with five and five or 10 and 10 even you can start with 10 and 10 if you're a big strong guy right but start with the same front and back um this gentleman's running a v bar which i don't advise right I, i'm all about a single back bar but there are great shooters out there that shoot v bars so if you want to go for it um that's totally fine but start with an even amount of weight front and back and Start with it, you know, pick a number. I, I would start light so that all you have to do is add. And then go stand at 60, 65 yards and add an ounce. Add one to the front. Add, you know, see what it does. Add one to the back. See what it does. And just keep playing with it until you find yourself in a, in a, a decent spot. Okay? And take a couple hours to do it. Do it early on a Saturday morning. Sit and... and you know, go by yourself so that you're not, you know, you can focus and you're not bullshitting with somebody all day. You just go and the reason why I say spend a couple hours doing this is because after a couple hours of shooting, your hold is going to start to deteriorate if you don't have those muscles built. If your stamina is not that great and you can start to see, okay, all right, maybe I got a little too much on here. You know, maybe I'll back it down a little. So I appreciate that, um, that question or comment because, you know, it's like, kind of like I made a boo-boo, <laughs> but 
But he was like, I did what you said. It didn't work for me. And I, and I wanted to be like, well, then you didn't do what I said. <laughs> a lot of this stuff I say, I try to leave open-ended because it's for you to figure out. You know what I mean? And, you know, granted, I, I'm sure heavier on, on the bars will work better for some people. But for, for reals, you got to try it. You got to figure it out. It's like my old jujitsu instructor said, I can't do the move for you, bro. You have to do the move yourself. <laughs> anyway, let's see here. What else we got? Ah, my good buddy, Simon. Simon says, I got a bow, right? Uh, I put a ham ski hybrid rest on it. Good choice. Uh, I've got a 010 pin hog fast eddy coming. Plan to use it for 3D indoor and hunting. You are creating the do it all bow, or as I like to call it, the one bow. I still need to pick up arrows. Here's the question I was planning to bear shaft tune, then play with different fletching types and styles. But how will I know what exact length of arrow I need or tip weight when nothing has been tuned before? When I have heard you talk about it, generally it's given that the bow is tuned. Then you try a new arrow setup and tune the arrow to the bow. But what do I do when I can't tune the arrow to the bow or the bow to the arrow? Well, first, you gotta stop saying you can't, all right? Because we shoot freestyle. You can, all right? Um, let's see. How do I know what exact length of arrow I need or tip weight when nothing has been tuned before? Okay, well, if you're shooting a compound bow, most likely you'll be able to, to tune that bow around the arrow, all right? Assuming the arrow is not weak as, weak as shit, right? So, for the arrow length, right? What I'm going with right now is a half inch in front of the blade. Um, unless you're shooting like a 166, but I think you said you're going to shoot this bow for indoor also, so you're probably going to shoot a slightly larger arrow. If you're going to do 3D indoor and hunting, you're going to shoot either a gold tip 22 or a 246 arrow of your choice, right? Can you hunt with 23s? I guess you could if you're shooting. I guess you could, but I don't know. Um, I think old hunting arrows were 23s. But uh, yeah, I'm guessing you're going to shoot a 246. If you're going to put a broadhead on it, I'd cut the arrow to the front of the riser, okay? Um, because that you don't want that blade behind the right. You don't want that blade like hanging out by your hands. Uh, keep the blade in this safe area. But if you, if you for anything else, three D or indoor, cut it to a half inch in front of your blade, okay? Point weight. I'll tell you what I tell. What I've been telling. I've been saying this for years. George Technichoff on the Easton archery podcast said 120 grain point is the point of diminishing returns now blake jerome shoots way better than george technichoff he shoots 130 grain point pick pick either one all right you'll be fine with either <coughs> with that combination and an arrow to that length and that point weight you will be able to tune your bow around it okay uh, either use Archer's Advantage or, dude, use the spine chart from, from going Gold Tips website or Easton's website. Use their spine calculator, whatever. It'll get you close. All right. If you're shooting a 23 for indoor, your spine decision, you know, your spine choice is going to be a little more limited. 
you probably be running an arrow stiff, right? Which is totally fine. You can run a stiff arrow and, and have great results with it, okay? So don't overthink it. You, you're not, we're not in Europe. We're not tuning arrows to the bow. You're just going to create a decent arrow, one that's going to fly through the air, legit, and then you're going to set your bow up to fucking shoot that thing out like a laser. Uh, I'm curious as to what type of fletchings you're going to pick. You said you wanted to try different fletchings in that tune, so um, that'll be cool. Because, you know, certain fletchings, I I like the um, AAE Max Hunters, but they're a little tall. And so I was kind of getting, I can't remember if I was getting riser contact. I mean, you know the shit's tall when it's hitting the riser. So, <laughs> anyway, I hope that helped uh, you a little bit, Simon. All right, let's see. On Levi. Levi says, hey, man, I'm going to do it in an accent. Really enjoying your podcast. I wondering if you ever shoot Vegas rounds with your hunting bow. If so, how do your scores differ from your target setup? Been shooting Vegas rounds with my Traverse, but thinking about getting a dedicated hunting bow. Well, Levi, uh, man, I hope I didn't answer this one already, but uh, I don't. <laughs> I don't shoot Vegas rounds with my hunting bow. That seems hard as fuck to do. Um, I, I'm by far not that good. Uh, I I require a lens. I require long bars, and um, I require a thirty-eight inch axle axle. <laughs> um, you know, I had a Matthews Triax once that I shot really, really damn good indoors, but I, I had a lens and long bars and everything. So, <coughs> thank you for the kind words on the podcast. The Traverse is an awesome bow. I think that's where Matthews really started. Like. You know, you started to see the riser um, design evolve into what it is now and the geometry. So I think the Traverse is sick. Um, but if it's your hunting bow, I mean, if you're pulling 70 pounds every time, you know, a dedicated tra uh, target bow, it might not be a bad idea. But if it's a 60 pound Traverse, fuck it, dude. Run it. All right. What else we got? All right, here's a good one. This is from my buddy Craig. Hey, bud. If I'm getting van contact on the right side of the blade, which way do I move the blade? <laughs> uh, well, okay. So, no, Craig, is the answer. No. <laughs> uh, the way this... So, first thing, shoot it through paper. All right? If you're getting a bullet hole, then... I advise you rotate the arrow so that your 12 o'clock vein is now at 1 o'clock, right? Powder your blade, shoot it, see what your blade contact is like. Good, bad. Uh, if it's still there, you can rotate it a little more until it's gone. If you can't, is it really making an issue? Is it really a problem? Uh, you know... If you feel like the, the blade contact's really screwing you up, you can try an 08 blade. Um, but most of the time, you know, the blades are going to make a tiny amount of contact. It won't be a big deal. With my Halon, I, I literally rotated the, the vein to like 2 o'clock, maybe 2.30, and I'm getting zero contact. It's the weirdest thing. I, I This is the first time I have not gotten 
vein contact. So that's what you do. The other thing is you shoot it through paper first. And if you're getting some kind of wacky paper tear, like, oh, I don't know, an eight o'clock knock low left tear, you should fix that first. Um, and you're going to fix that by, I think if you're knock low, you got to lower the, you got to raise the point. No, no. If you're knock low, you got to lower, lower your rest and bring it to the right. You got to chase the point, basically. But cleaning that shit up till it's a bullet hole. And then after that, shoot it and tell me if you think that that vein contact still really screwing you up. So probably, probably is not that bad. I haven't seen the, um, the powder test that you did though. So, you know, if, if the, if you powder the blade and that <laughs> you shoot an arrow and almost all the powder is gone, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe we try something, maybe we work on something, but most of the time you're not going to move your blade to get rid of vein contact. You're going to move something else. Okay, dude. So, sorry for yelling, but that's the correct answer. Uh, I think that's pretty much all the listener questions for uh, for this week. If I didn't get to you guys, I apologize. Oh, here's... Oh, okay, just comment. Someone said... William said, Loving the uncut life feel. Keep rolling. Thank you, William. Dude, I appreciate it. Oscar... Melendez. Oh, there's a cool one. So Oscar Melendez, uh, as you know, I shot against Oscar, uh, down in, uh, Fresno in the finals, right? Oscar's a savage shooter from, from Southern California. He's still working. He's still, uh, while the rest of us are fucking around with outdoor stuff, he's still, you know, sharpening up his indoor game. And he did an old training trick that I did, which is where you start shooting a 300 round. And for every nine you shoot, every time you shoot a nine, you just start over. You start from the beginning and you just keep shooting until you get a 300. And he fucking did it. Um, pretty sweet dude. Like congratulations, Oscar. That's a, that's a cool way to do it, man. And getting a 300 feels good. You know, um, especially when you look at all the tens and X's you got in between like on the way to get to that 300, you probably shot a pretty damn good 450 score in there too. <laughs> so yeah, um, I'm totally digging, you know, when you guys are sending me messages, showing me like, um, you know, your practice scores or things like achievements, uh, things that you guys are doing to get better, like work, you know, working is where it's at. Um, and putting the work in to get better is what's going to make you better. I mean, that's kind of redundant, but you know what I'm saying? Like I, I dig it. I almost more, it means more to me than to someone just saying, Hey, love the show. <clears throat> Keep talking shit about Greg pool. You know, that's funny. I dig that. But when someone sends me a message, it's like, Hey, I literally listened to what you said, applied it to practice. And these I'm getting better results now. That's the shit I really like. Because now I know, you know, it's the whole point of this show. You know, we're, try, we're trying to get get everyone better. Um, it reminds me of something I was uh, Vince Lombardi said. I I'm a huge fan of Vince Lombardi. I think he was a 
I should just say I'm a fan of his quotes, but I'm pretty sure he's like a football coach for like, uh, I think the Packers way back in the day. And he used to say, um, the harder you work, the harder it is to surrender. And, uh, that, that carries over so much. Like the more you work, the more you do shit like this, the less you're going to give up on yourself when, uh, when everything's on the line. It's like, you know what? Like, I got my ass kicked by Stefan Hansen in Vegas, right? But where I felt like I won, the my big takeaway from shooting in Vegas this last year was when I started to panic, right? The thing I said to myself was, no, 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 dude. You've worked way too hard. You owe it to yourself to shoot the shot that you practiced, right? To shoot the shot that you know works. And then I started, you know, when I started doing that, it was paying off for me. It it didn't fail me. And that's that Vince Lombardi quote reminds me of that. Or it's like when you work your ass off, you're not gonna give up on yourself. You know? It it becomes too difficult. It's too much of a letdown to do to it's a or it's like a, an insult to yourself that you're doing. So it's like you you know, it just becomes harder and harder to let yourself down the more you work. And um yeah, I, I just believe that it's it's cool stuff, man. I, I'll, I think I was supposed to tell you guys some uh, champions mindset quotes coming up pretty soon, but um, I got to do more reading on that. Lately, I've just been reading a lot of Vince Lombardi stuff. <laughs> He's got another good one. <coughs> he said, "I don't care how choppy the sea is, just bring me the ship." I use that. I say that all the time to people, which is like. Or is it, I don't care how rough the ocean is, just bring me the ship. It's like, don't tell, I don't want a bunch of it. Just do the shit and show me the results. <laughs> God, what a badass, dude. <laughs> I want, you guys ever wonder how obscure some of his references, you guys think my references are obscure? <laughs> his kids ask him like, uh, hey, Popovitz, how much did that car cost? And he's like, oh, you get two acres of land. And a dog in Arizona for how much this car costs. And it's like, what? Wow, how come this guy just doesn't give us straight answers anymore? <laughs> but, yeah. Anyway, that's just stuff I find funny. That's not that's not arch-related. It's not meant to... I'm not even expecting you to laugh at that. That's just shit that I laugh at myself. So, uh, well, thank you guys for listening. Um, you know, if any of you are still sticking around, still listening, awesome. But I didn't scare away too many listeners being a negative Nancy about things. Uh, it's it's going to be all positive from here out. And uh, like I said before, you know, um, I welcome, a, you know, other viewpoints. You know, having Eric Griggs message me, uh, having a bunch of other, you know, gas fanboys message me. It's awesome. I, I enjoy it. It, uh, one, it means you guys are actually listening, <laughs> but two, it's that I like other viewpoints, man. And like my buddy, Carlos Negron, uh, dude, he, he's the only, he's one of the few people that could get me to buy something that I legitimately don't want to buy. <laughs> he's telling me about this lens. There's some kind of lens from like, I don't know who optics 360 maybe, but it's like two, two lenses fused together. <laughs> And it's supposed to be like the the greatest thing since, uh, you know, 
a telescope was invented. And <laughs> I got an IR Perfectum, and even that, I felt like I, I was like, mm. Well, I got fleeced on this one. You know what I mean? I paid way too much for just the lens on this one. And then Carlos would tell me, oh, dude, you got to try this thing. Dude, this is the glass. This is the shit right here. And I was like, nah, dude, it's been like three weeks of him telling me that. And now I'm like, ah, man, you know what would be better than one lens? Two lenses fused together. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Something about the, you know, this dude, he's such a nice guy. He's uh <laughs> starting to wear on me almost like rudy rudy telling me to shoot abbs i for a split second i was like ah, ah i can't <coughs> and i want you guys to know it's not because i have anything against the quality of abbs okay i mean i already told you what my position is on premium strings and what you pay for but you guys know that ABBs are twisted the other way, so you got to refletch your arrows. You're, if you believe in that, you know, fletching your arrow towards the natural direction it clocks bare, then you would have to refletch your arrows to the right, which is why I'm not, you know, it takes me a long time just to fletch up some arrows, so I'm not sure I want to do that yet. Well, all right, people. This is my State of the Union outdoor episode. <laughs> Um, thank you, thank you all for listening. This episode is brought to you by DB Custom Coatings. They are the Sarah Coders out of Napa. Um, they are doing, they are firing up some crazy good work right now. Uh, particularly their American flag bows are off the hook. Um, check them out. I mean, they look so freaking cool. Uh, they kind of have like a Captain America type uh, vibe to them. And what what a better time to be patriotic than now when the country's, you know, so like divided on everything. Those American flag bows, doesn't matter what your political view is, right? When you see one of those, you're like, fuck, that's cool. And then the guy next to you is like, that is pretty fucking cool, right? And then you turn and look at each other and you high five and you don't even ask it, you know, what they believe in. So it's pretty tight. Um, they're doing awesome work. Uh, you know, the show's also brought to you by Carbon Craft Stabilizers. You guys start getting your orders in. Uh, Brian's ready. Uh, Brian Webb down at Impact Archery is taking orders for uh, the X-rated bar. I, someone asked me, like, what's the best bar that Carbon Craft makes? It's the X-rated bar. It's the only one that you should get. Um, it's the one that I'm using. Uh, I think... You can take. Uh, I think Rudy can take orders at West Coast Archery in Petaluma. Um, you guys, check them out if you're if you're curious. I'm trying out bee stingers right now, but it's only because I loaned out my Carbon Craft bars and I actually quite miss them. So, anyway, um, aside from that, that's everything, guys. Thank you for listening. I got stickers. I got easy, easy to apply stickers thanks to my buddy Oscar. If anyone wants any, please hit me up. Instagram, Facebook Messenger, whatever. Just hit me up. Tell me you want some stickers. Uh, I think I'll do... What would I do? Like, do a dollar a sticker. <laughs> Plus 25 cents for shipping, all right? <coughs> or whatever a stamp costs these days. I don't know. I don't do mail. All right? Um, thank you, guys. 
uh, I hope you all have a great, great evening and get some practice this weekend. Um, because the Reading spring warm up is coming up soon. I don't think it's this. I think it's next weekend. So you guys be ready. Um, that's going to be a killer event for anyone that's going to that. Uh, the only thing I can tell you is dots are tiny. Okay. Or at least it was last time, last year when I shot it, it's almost like they threw it to you like a curveball where the, where the dots are a little undersized. Um, don't be freaked out by it. Just remember anytime you got, you got to shoot on a target where the dot is undersized for the distance. Everyone does. It's not just you. Okay. So don't freak out, breathe, execute a strong shot. There's going to be a bunch of them at the Reading uh, spring warmup. I, I think, I want to say like five of them out of 14. I, think I remember there's 28. I can't remember exactly how many targets we shot last time, but I remember there being like a handful of targets that felt extremely undersized. The dots felt undersized. And it's awesome. It makes for a really good, you know, it makes for an exciting shoot because it's not just a bunch of gimmies, you know? It's also a great gear shift from the last event. Granted, I said the last event was going to be easy, but I guess you guys encountered a bunch of wind. So, I mean, I still stand by what I said. The course is technically easy, but wind will fuck anybody up. Uh, hopefully, you guys don't encounter wind at the Reading Western Spring Warm-Up. I'm sorry, Spring Warm-Up. Uh, I will be attending the Cartoon Classic in Lodi. That's one of my faves. And uh, I hope to see a bunch of you guys there. I'm going to attend as many of these events as I can, people. And, uh, you know, if I can hit Reading, I will. All right? So uh, I hope you all have a great weekend. Get some practice. Send me your questions. Don't be upset if I snap at you, okay? I'm just, sometimes I'm just rude. It, it, I don't mean to be. All right? So, uh Take care, everyone.